Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, (laughs) culture, (laughs) adventures, and ghosts. This is News Fighters. Fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, g'day everyone. News Fighters host Dylan Bain here. Now, I'm on holidays at the moment, uh, out of town performing my amateur one-man production of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang down at Summer Nats in Canberra. So, no new episode this week. But uh, this week marks the one-year anniversary of the Joe Biden inauguration. Now, Joe Biden, if you haven't heard of him, he's the American president. He was the guy who took over after that crazy Trump fellow. So, I thought this week was a great occasion to replay my uh, recap of the Biden inauguration's uh, Aussie TV coverage. Uh, that I did on the show uh, exactly a year ago, and also my interview with Chaz Lichardello from the ABC's Planet America and the PEP podcast, uh, also from a year ago, where Chaz um, talks about uh, Trump's legacy and what we can expect from the Joe Biden presidency. So, great little preview of uh, how Chaz thought things might go and, and worth listening to in the context of how things are happening. Anyways, here it is, my recap of the Biden inauguration. But now on to our main story, which is our coverage of the Joe Biden inauguration celebration. And what a night of huge superstars the new administration had lined up for us. Hi, I'm the lead singer from the New Radicals. We pledged if Joe won, we'd get together and play our little song, both in memory and in honor of our new president's patriot son, Beau, and also with the prayer of Joe being able to bring our country together again. Yes, Joe Biden managed to reunite 90s one-hit wonders, the new radicals, in what will be the only thing his administration ever does that gets described as radical. Come on, man. Also from the inauguration, we uh, got an audio leak from uh, host Tom Hanks when he was testing his microphone. And wow, I'm just not used to hearing uh, White House audio leaks that sound so nice. All right. Yep. Got it. Thank you very much. Hello, sir. How are you? How are you? Oh, look at the look at the spotlights over the Lincoln Memorial. How cool is that? Quite a change from Trump era White House audio leaks. I mean, he didn't swear or beg for votes or brag about assaulting women once. Ugh, I'm just not going to get used to this crazy administration that they have now. Meanwhile, back here in Australia, the inauguration coverage kicked off at 3 a.m local time, leaving our local TV networks to come up with some creative solutions for filling in late-night airtime. So the cash-strapped ABC, instead of uh, paying experts to come in in the middle of the night to provide analysis, or 
even just throwing some cab charges at some drum regulars, uh, they decided to just keep repeating clips from the swearing-in ceremony over and over again. There is a long way to go yet on this inauguration day, but let's give you a little sense of what we've seen already. Here are some of the highlights from an historic day in Washington. Please stick around. Uh, we are back on air at 5 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time at the top of the clock, Sarah, uh, Sarah and Lisa, for uh, uh, highlights, including uh, more excerpts of Joe Biden's speech. But first, let's take a look back at today's ceremony with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris being sworn in. Yes, the ABC repeated the ceremony so many times that even the producers of Spicks and Specs were like, hey, guys, enough already. We've seen it. Don't need, don't need to play it that many times. And then later in the day, the ABC was so focused on covering nothing but the inauguration that they immediately cut away from a Scott Morrison press conference when he dared to talk about something other than the inauguration. That is a, an historic moment and one that I think uh, as a father of daughters, you can, only, you can only celebrate. And I wish her all the best in uh, her very important duties as well. Turning to today, though, here in Australia, gas is key. Okay, we'll leave that there for the moment. Oh, come on, Scott. No one wants to hear you talk about Australia. Read the room. Meanwhile, over on Seven Sunrise, they were having a good old-fashioned piñata party, taking turns at bashing America on its special day. The American economy, as Bruce was saying, um, it's in much worse shape than here in Australia. You've travelled in the United States. The airports are terrible. The roads are terrible. The bridges are terrible. Your job is not secure. You don't know how your kids are going to get to school. And you may be evicted from your apartment. People are asking, is America a failed state? Okay. Health system. Yes. I mean, my goodness. (laughs) I'm getting like depressed. It was, it was really bad. <laughs> it's funny because we don't live there. And then over on Nine's Today Show, Carl Stefanovic made sure we focused on the important issues himself. I mean, this is the, the wondrous thing about America, which I love, having mm. lived there and worked there. You know, um, I remember Barack Obama's inauguration, having been there and covered it a couple of times, having been to and, and, and thoroughly um, let Arlington Cemetery wash over me. So on that particular day, I remember that feeling was, was very different to Barack Obama's. I've got many friends who live in New York, uh, many in LA. Yes, a truly historic day for Carl Stefanovic's everywhere. Meanwhile on Foxtel, Rupert Murdoch's Aussie news channel Sky News was definitely having a normal one. Speaking of unelected monarchs, I couldn't help thinking I was watching a replay of some obscure Eastern European Soviet dictatorship from the 1980s being sworn in as I watched Joe Biden's surreal and farcical inauguration. Joe Biden is a puppet on a string. He's not a president. He is the marionette and his masters are Barack Obama and the radical left. Under Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, the initials USA look increasingly like they stand for United States of Apartheid. This is the first presidential transfer that has ever taken place in a military zone. I mean, this was an unpeaceful transfer of power. Ron Klein, Biden's chief of staff, has said that in his first days, Biden's top priorities will include climate change and racial injustice, or to call them by their actual name, socialism. Oh, geez, calm down, Sky News. It's only day one. What what are you going to be acting like three years from now if there's a three years from now? 
I, I, things aren't going to get that bad. I mean, look, here's, here's Sky's Sherry Markson trying to outline some of Joe Biden's dangerous and radical socialist policies. You may have missed that the new Biden administration has outlined a raft of tax increases, the most controversial of which is a plan for a new tax on unrealized capital gains. So that's an, un, that's an annual capital gains tax on assets someone holds on paper, not just at the point of sale. And this could be a house or shares. Oh, my God. There's no way Dictator Joe can recover from that nailing, Sherry Markson. But uh, also, uh, thank you for dedicating so much uh, Australian News Channel airtime to uh, assassinating Joe Biden's tax policies, uh, which do not affect Australians at all. Good job. Oh, hey, but you know who uh, actually got away with saying something positive about Joe Biden on Sky News was uh, former cigar-smoking treasurer Joe Hockey. Do you believe he's the right man for this moment? Yes, he is. Joe Biden, with nearly 50 years of experience, uh, is exactly the right person. Not only has he had great trauma in his life, as everyone knows, uh, he is just sort of the wise... Uh, father-grandfather that America needs at this particular point of time. Yes, very interesting to see uh, Joe Hockey become a Joe Biden supporter on Sky News there. I mean, normally uh, when he's on Sky News, he's uh, spouting conspiracy theories about Hunter Biden's laptop. In relation to the, the Hunter Biden laptop story, the bottom line is Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, needs to come out and say yes or no. It's not just about the emails and the financial activity. There is a whole other story that's being talked about in relation to what was on the laptop. The thing about the email scandal and, and Hunter Biden is it's, it's a very small part of the media market that's actually talking about it. Uh, the anti-Trump media is, is just very disciplined in constantly talking about the coronavirus. Yeah, I don't know, Joe. Maybe the media is more fixated on coronavirus because Hunter Biden's laptop hasn't killed 400,000 Americans. It's also interesting to see Joe Hockey support Biden now because the day after the US election, he uh, went on Ben Fordham's radio show with some interesting theories. In some states, they sent out ballot papers to every household. So, for example, in Washington, D.C., they sent out uh, ballot papers to every household. Uh, and some people got two ballot papers. Um, you know, it might have been... Uh, you know, Ben Fordham, Ben J. Fordham, Mr. Fordham, whatever the different titles might be. So there's a chance that electoral fraud has happened? Oh, for sure. Oh, hey, and uh, Joe Hockey, are you, are you becoming complicit in eroding faith in American democracy? Oh, for sure. Oh, and were you also the worst treasurer we've ever had in my living memory? Oh, for sure. Well, I hope that now that Joe Biden's been inaugurated and the administration's been sworn in and they're trying to unite the country and also defeat coronavirus, that, that maybe Sky News will lay off all the electoral fraud conspiracy theories. Uh, right, Rowan Dean? This seems to be a virtual presidency. Um, you had uh, no, uh, you know, no real voters on the Biden campaign trail. There were, you know, occasionally a handful of people. They stood around in those circles. Everyone, there was about 100 people at any rally, uh, never any more than that. Uh, we've seen uh, he never actually got out and met any crowds. And now, Liz, the great moment, the inauguration, which is when the American president speaks to, stands in front of the masses of the people who have supported him, there's still nobody. Maybe there wasn't ever, or is that just me being a conspiracy theorist? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, hey, what do you think, Joe Hockey? 
Oh, for sure. Well, anyway, I'm sure that was just a one-off, and I'm sure that the next four to eight years are going to be just fine now. There's there's no way that any right-wing crazies will watch the Murdoch news media and, and, and will feel emboldened to keep believing the election was stolen from them by a racist, radical socialist in Joe Biden. Look, everything's going to settle down just fine, guys. It's not like Sky News has 1.1 million subscribers on YouTube now and is catering to a growing audience of Americans or anything. Everything's going to be... Just fine. Oh, for sure. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. First of all, uh, welcome to News Fighters. Um, Planet America's, uh, of course, what you're most famous for. Planet America's been off since uh, November. Yeah. Uh, will there be much to talk about since then? Yeah. When's, yeah. The, when's the show coming back? Will it, it's coming back soon. I imagine there'll be a lot to talk about. It is. We have a, a special. Now, usually when we say we have a special, what that means is we just want to do a best of and we don't do any work. But in this case, it's actually a special on inauguration day. Because inauguration is happening at 3 a.m., we think, it's not a smart idea to cover that live. So we're, <laughs> so we're doing a show on, on the night before and then we're doing a show on the Friday after and then after that it's every week on Friday. Brilliant. Uh, when are you going to sleep between the, the show at, but the night before and the show on the Friday? <laughs> I, if, if American politics is anything like it's been for the last few weeks, I won't be able to sleep during that two-day two period because I'll just be in a fetal position rocking back and forth. Uh, yes. And, yes, and great to hear the podcast will be coming back. Uh, congratulations yeah, on on. 50 episodes. Um, now, it's changed names. Do you want to talk us through it was called? <laughs> now, this is just an extracurricular thing you do. This is nothing. Yeah. This is in no way connected to the Planet America TV show, correct? Oh, no, absolutely not. Even though when we started it, we called it the Planet America podcast. <laughs> I assure you has nothing to do with Plan America because the ABC who own the Plan America name have told us that we're not allowed to do a podcast. So, therefore, it's not the Plan America podcast. Now it's PEP, which doesn't stand for Planet Extra podcast, which we also called at one point in time because they own the, the, the word planet as well. It's just PEP. It's just you know, it's about invigoration as much as anything else. That's all. So that's what's called now, PEP. Not Planet Extra podcast. I, I had no idea ABC owns the entire word planet. Well, let's put it this way: they they threatened to take me to court based on the on the ownership of the word planet. Now I could challenge it in court, but I prefer just to call it pet. Uh, <laughs> just gladly. I, th- I assumed it would be in the ABC's best interest to have extra, you know, extra marketing for the show, but clearly they don't want that. <laughs> you would. You would think that, Dylan, and I and I know that you have some stories, and I certainly have some stories about the ABC. They don't necessarily work in their own interests all the time. 
They work in mysterious ways, like the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've listened to it a few times, but I missed, uh, I, I'm sorry, I've missed uh, Dr. Dave's introduction. How did you meet Dr. Dave? What's, uh, what's your co-host, Dr. Dave's uh, background? Dr. Dave is a lecturer, at, uh, I believe he's now an associate professor at the, at the US Study Centre, which is at Sydney Uni. Mm-hmm. And the way I came across him was that it's a very small circle, the circle of people who are into American politics. And we basically all meet in the ABC News common room whenever there's an American politics news story. because They yep. just go through one from one after another after another. There's about six of us. And so I've done a lot of hits on TV with him before on the drum or whatever. And he always struck me as a person who was just as poorly adjusted as, far as, as I am. And so I was immediately attracted to him intellectually. And, uh, and sure enough, yeah, he's, that man is obsessed. That man is sick. He is just as sick as I am. And uh, so I thought it'd be a good idea. When John and I used to do extras, video extras for Planet America, when we were allowed to call them Planet America extras, um, <laughs> John got a little bit sick of it after all he said, now we're doing two shows a week. I don't want to do a third show for free. Do you want to pay me, Chaz? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I do want to pay you. <laughs> and so I need to call in a sub. And I just thought, well, the only person who is screwed up enough to want to do extra content for free and actually knows their stuff is Dr. Dave. And sure enough, he leapt at the opportunity because <laughs> like me, he's sick of talking to people who don't want to talk to him about American politics. Um, and there was something I heard you talking about on Pep. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but I think you guys touched on, and we'll get into the the the, the American politics stuff now, I guess, which is um, uh, Trump's uh, legacy. Um, now, uh, there's something I thought about this week, which was George W. Bush's legacy has has rosened, uh, uh, rosened, uh, got more rosy with time. Yeah. Now people remember yeah. him for combating malaria and fighting AIDS in mm. developing countries, and even someone like. Nixon people go, oh, he started the EPA, you know? So even yeah. these deeply flawed presidents sometimes have a non-controversial kind of universally admired legacy. I cannot mm. think what Trump's will be. Can you, can you think of anything 20 years from now, people might be, oh yeah, Trump did something good uh, kind of universally is, on both sides. This is, this is one of my favorite games to try mm. and to try and argue the unarguable. Um, I actually do think, I do think that Trump will be rosened as, as yes, well, Rose. just like the rest of them. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure he's ever going to reach like the, the, the same kind of uh, pet status that George W. Bush has for Democrats under Trump. Yes. I think that I think that he'll definitely be seen as better than the current guy in 10 years' time. And the reason why is there's a couple of things. In terms of things that he has achieved, well, at the very least, they came up with a vaccine under him. For True. COVID. That's one thing. True. Um, depending on what happens with climate change, that one thing which hasn't been talked about enough, including actually by us, to be honest, is there's been a lot of stuff happening with nuclear power under Trump. No one ever talks about it. And if it ever actually happens, if it ever actually comes off that we, we do get a proper alternative energy structure with lots of solar power and lots of wind power and lots of nuclear power, it's probably going to be because of the technologies that were fast-tracked under the Trump administration, which didn't bear fruit for another five or ten years. So that, that is one area where, in hindsight, people might go, oh, yeah, I'm glad he did that. But the main reason I think people look back on him, well, I didn't say positively, but more positively yes, than they are now. They do now, yep, yep. 
yeah, is because I think the guys who are coming after him are going to be much nastier and much smarter. And the, like I think uh, your Josh Hawley's and your Tom Cotton's, those kinds of guys are going to do the populism just like Trump did. But the difference is, and they're going to do the racism and they're mm-hmm. probably going to do the militarism as well. That's one thing which is different, which I think people look back fondly with Trump. He doesn't want to start wars. True, He's true. He's not going out of his way trying to start wars. And I think Tom Cotton is going to go out of his way to try and start wars. If he's the next president, people will look back on Trump fondly in that regard, I think. And I, th- yeah, I also think just the fact that Trump talked the talk a lot, but all he really wanted to do was get lots of likes on Twitter. That's mm. all he wanted. Because some of these other guys, they're going to want to achieve some things that I don't think a lot of people are going to be happy with. So, yeah, I, I suspect that he will have, we will look through, look at Trump with rose-coloured glasses as well. But given, I think there's an article in the New York Times today saying the Republican Party may have to do a hard reset after mm. Trump, given that he lost the president, the presidential election in the Senate and the House, surely there'll be a massive war within the Republican Party and people won't want to follow Trump and do his policies again, do the populism thing again, potentially, or do you think it'll just come roaring back after another election, perhaps? I think I think that the you should never underestimate people's ability to respond to immediate incentives. One thing that not just the Republicans, all of us have in common is that the last fifteen years we've all lost our our focus. We've all lost our ability to to look in the long term. We all just think about we we forget what happened two years ago or three mm. years ago. Like it's we're very very immediate in the now. Mm-hmm. And I think politicians are no different. And I think that in order for the Republicans to do that reset that people are talking about, mm-hmm. a lot of people need to lose their seats and they're not going to want to do that. Right. right. And, so, and so it's all very well to say, yes, the Republicans would be much better off if in five years they have exorcised the ghost of Trump. But to go from there to five years' time, 80% of the Republican Party needs to be primary. And they're not going to do that. And so, so they, I think what we're going to see is what we saw with George W. Bush. We're going to see a rebrand. In 2008, people were talking about the Democrats being in power for 20 years. They were talking <laughs> about Obama had this massive victory, not just a by-the-skin-of-his-teeth victory like Joe Biden. Mm. They had a massive, yeah, filibuster-proof majority. He dominated. And yet within two years... He'd lost the House and was well on his way to losing the Senate. And the reason for that was, in fact, he didn't lose it in two years. He lost it in a year. The Tea Party stuff had happened within 12 months. And it was just a massive rebranding exercise where they just they just removed George Bush but just kept everything else and gotcha. just called themselves something else. And I fully expect the same thing to happen again. I don't – Trump may be removed from the – Republican Party, but Trumpism is ain't going to be. These guys are going to, they'll stand by the populism thing, they'll stand by the conspiracy stuff, they'll, all, the, all the negative traits that people are saying they need, to, they need to be removed, they'll just give it a new name, they'll polish it up a little bit, and then they'll ride off the fact that Joe Biden will get very little done, and then they'll be back, and then there'll be no need for them to, to reboot, because they'll be in power. So, that, so that's a bit cynical, but that's mm. how politics tends to work. I'm not seeing the need for them to reboot anytime soon, I'd say. Uh, one theory I have, uh, maybe you agree, mm. is is Biden is probably going to be a one-termer. Um, 
Is that Definitely. is that is that the is that the rumor? Yes. Well, that's what everyone's kind of assuming. In fact, Joe Biden himself <laughs> during the campaign did any did everything but say I'm going to be a one termer, and he couldn't say I'm going to be a one termer because then people would start to focus more on Kamala Harris than they would on him. So that made sense. He couldn't say it, but he's hinted very strongly that he's mm. going to be a one term. So I, I I think that is the case. Also, another thing which you haven't brought up, but whenever I say something like this, um, people often say, well, the Republicans need to reboot. And the reason why is because demographically they have no choice. They are in the minority now. There just aren't enough white people. There especially aren't enough white men and there aren't enough white uneducated men, which is their Mm -hmm. base. There just aren't enough. And what I always say to those people is I think when people talk about demographics like it's destiny, they forget that demographics change. And when mm. I say, what I mean by that is the definition of white changes. If you, what I always say is, you look yes. at me, 30 years ago, I was non-white. Now I'm so white, I can barely get on the air at the ABC. <laughs> it's just, but I haven't changed. Just the definition of white changes. And I'm looking at America, is 20% Hispanic. Do you think they're going to be they're going to be non-white in thirty years or forty years' time? They're going to be considered white, and so the definitions of dem- demographics are going to change as well. Mm. And so, do you think the Republicans will lean into uh, Rubio and Cruz, or or do we see Ivanka and uh, Donald Trump Jr. Um, battling for the for the next primary? Who do you think will be up in twenty twenty four? My look, I don't know whether they're going to try to remove the stink of Trump. And, and keep Trumpism, like I just said, mm-hmm. or if they'll just keep Trump. If they just keep Trump, then then Don Trump Jr. is their man, not Ivanka. Forget her. She's <laughs> She doesn't appeal to the base at all. Don, Don Trump Jr., one of the strengths of Don Trump Sr. was that he was them. He was an actual, even though he's a billionaire and all the rest of it, he's a Fox News junkie. He eats fast food. He is, he is the base. He, mm. Before him... They pretended to be the base, the politicians. He he actually is the base. He's as dumb as their base. He watches what they watch. He says what they say. That's what I love him. Now, Don Trump Jr. is a troll. He is an internet troll. Mm -hmm. And so the next generation of Republicans are Donald Trump Jr. So if they like Trumpism, Don Trump Jr. is their man. If If they want to get rid of Trump but keep Trumpism, then I don't think either of them stand a chance because they just associate too much with Trump. I mm. think it would be your Josh Hawley types and Tom yep. Cotton who are basically a new face for the same kind of stuff. Um, I, I personally think that Josh Hawley is the most likely next nominee, but we will see about that. I've been wrong before. I don't think Rubio or Cruz, well, to answer your question, mm. I think while the fact they're both Hispanic would help because I do think Republicans are going to lean into Hispanics in future years. I think both of them are kind of losers. Like I mm. think Rubio has ne- has always seemed too desperate and he always seems like he's trying to be what you want him to be, which isn't very convincing. And Ted Cruz, his best chance was 2016. He Unfortunately, Donald Trump screwed him up. He was, mm-hmm. he was looking okay in 2016, but um, I think he's done his dash. I think that he has been sucking up for too long and I think he just seems a bit pathetic. He's become Rubio'd. So... Um, mm. If there is going to be a Hispanic, it'll be a new one. I don't think it'll be either of them. Um, and then on the Democratic side, uh, Biden's cabinet's slowly been leaking out, and I'm amazed that um, 
all these all his competitors except for Mayor Pete, who got the prize role of um, trans- transportation secretary. <laughs> yeah, Yang, Klobuchar, Bernie, Beto O'Rourke, none of them got a spot in the cabinet. Is this a case of him trying to keep your enemies away, like so they don't get any limelight the next four years and set up set up Kamala? Or well, I think part of the problem is that a lot of them are senators. And True. he needs every senator he can get at the moment because he's, he's got yeah, a fair yeah. majority. So yeah. that's the first problem. Yeah. I still think, actually, to this day, I think, I said this on the podcast at the end of last year and Dr. Dave Floyd, I was insane. But to this day, I reckon if they had either gotten a proper majority or they had missed out on the majority, then I reckon he would have made Bernie Sanders, he would put Bernie Sanders in his cabinet. But, uh, but having said that, because he seems to have a very strong relationship with Bernie Sanders, mm. like a personal relationship. But um, but he just can't afford to lose any senators at the mm. moment, especially a lot of these senators are in states with Republican governors, so they sure. would be replaced by Republican replacements. So he, he can't afford that. Um, Someone like Beto O'Rourke. Beto, I just saw, is going to teach teach at University of Texas now. Like, he hasn't got a lot on <laughs> Beto. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It seems to me that Biden... Basically, I'm not sure it's that he's trying to exclude the people he ran against. I think it's more the, chase, the case. You look at the people he's appointed; they're all these old mates from the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. I think I think Biden just wants people he can trust, and and that doesn't mean he thinks the others are untrustworthy. I just think he just wants people that he personally has a relationship with over the last 15 years, 10, 15 years, and that makes sense. He's mm-hmm. in for a tough four years. I think. So it's nice to have people who he can believe in. I should say, by the way, Andrew Yang, I don't know if you know this, yes. is already going for mayor of New York. I was which, about to I was about to get to that. I, I did you see the yeah, launch, yeah. the launch, the launch video f- to launch his campaign? This is how dystopian American is America is right now. It was uh, directed by Darren Aronofsky, who did Requiem for a Dream. And there's no yeah. kissing kissing babies and 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 town fairs, it's like the middle of winter in New York and everyone's wearing masks saying, please save us. It's very, <laughs> yes. very dystopian campaign launch video. <laughs> it is, but that is, that's Andrew Yang's style. He's, he's, always, he's always been a little bit uh, ambivalent between being mega pessimistic and hopeful at the same time. And, and, and I actually think this is the best thing that can happen to him. I think he'd be much better being the mayor of New York than transportation secretary yes. <laughs> um, but like that's that's genuine leverage for another presidential run say in 10 years time if he pulls it off and let's face it bill de blasio is not the most well-loved <laughs> mayor so he's probably in a pretty but, good position but is is it a poison chalice i i researched i don't think any new york mayor's ever become president is he just setting himself up to be the next rudy giuliani here <laughs> Well, it's possible. I, I, I mean, I hope for his sanity's sake that he's not the next Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> but like, uh, uh, let, let's face it, there is only one president every four to eight years, so the chances aren't great. And if you're not going to be president, being mayor of New York isn't a bad. That's not. That's not a bad fallback. So I, I think he's looking okay. True. True. Um, also, just quickly, the uh, given you have your finger on the pulse, uh, the rating, the rating of the capital. Did you see this coming at all? Was this a big, big surprise to you? Look, the fact that there was a massive, violent protest outside Congress was not just not a surprise to me, mm. but it was not a surprise to anyone. Like I was reading my blogs. Like I, I, I when I was on holiday, I kind of took time off. I just watched lots of movies and stuff, mm. but. Um, 
But starting the beginning of January, I was back into my reading of blogs and newspapers like I do. And every second article was about what's going to happen on the 6th of January. Like, mm. like it didn't take much foresight to see that online that's all Trump supporters were talking about. There's this upcoming, uh, sometimes some people call it protest, some people call it summit, some mm. people, they, they all kinds of names for it, but there was something going to happen at, outside Congress on the 6th of January. That was definitely going to happen. The fact that they are now saying, that once I say net they, I mean the Capitol Police are now saying they didn't see it coming. That I mean, that that that's the see no evil, hear no evil monkeys talking mm, because mm. because everyone knew something was coming. I did not expect it to work. I did not expect them to to get in to get in the Capitol and steal things. <laughs> yes, yes, I did not expect them to, to emerge with Nancy Pelosi's nameplate. <laughs> so that was a surprise. But the fact that they tried something was not at all surprising. It's um, and the fact that the only people who didn't seem to see it coming was the Capitol Police is maybe the reason it did work. <laughs> it's um, it's very strange. I mean, look, I think of myself, I'll tell you a bit of um, shop talk, which you'd know about from mm-hmm. the Chaser Day, um, which is that um, when we went to America to film uh, War on Everything, one of my jobs was to dress up as Osama bin Laden because that was like my alter ego during the JC years yes. and just to, just to cause mischief around Washington, D.C., dressed as Osama bin Laden, yep. right? And at one point in time, I was outside the White House because right? that's what you do, dressed as Osama bin Laden, trying to act like I was trying to scale the fence right? and doing that kind of stuff, asking gardeners, oh, When's the best place? Oh, the, the doors open at any point in time? When, when should I come? When will the doors be open? When can I come and visit? You know, like that kind of stuff. And it turned out the gardener I spoke to was a Secret Service agent. And it turned out, in fact, in fact, everyone there was a Secret Service agent. They all like, it's like a movie, but they just all emerge <laughs> out, of, out of holes in the ground and stuff. And it was the best guarded place. That's not a great surprise. But um, and in the end, they were actually pretty cool. While... The first couple of minutes, they were pretty intense. When I pulled out my phone and showed them on YouTube, the <laughs> case was on TV, yep, all of a sudden yep. I was a god. When you're on TV in America, you're a god. Amazing. <laughs> so the, yeah, so that's fine. But my point was that there were, there must have been 30 people who came out of the, the woodwork to arrest me, just <laughs> a dude in fancy dress. So I can only imagine how many more people they had all around the place. Now, that was the White House, not the Capitol. Mm. But the fact that they didn't have enough people to guard against these goons, I'm still surprised by. I don't quite know how. Hmm. Hmm. And in terms of, so we've got Biden's inauguration this, this, this week. We'll all be up late. Uh, the next four years, any, any surprises we're expecting or is it going, or is planet America going to get very boring all of a sudden, or, or is there <laughs> some, some big things we should be keeping an eye on or looking out for? American politics never ever gets boring (laughs) i can tell you that there's the crazies are always there (laughs) they never go away um i think that we can almost certainly expect uh the republicans to win the house in 2022 at the very least possibly the senate as well but that doesn't matter just the, the congress is all they need and when they do the debt ceiling the debt ceiling is going to be due sometime in that two year period I would expect the Republicans to not allow uh, 
Biden to, so for those who don't know what I'm talking about, America has a strange situation where when they have, they have an arbitrary amount of national debt they're allowed to have. And at, that, and at some point in time, they just say, we're not paying it back anymore. Not unless you pass a bill to raise the debt ceiling. We've reached the, the amount, that amount of debt. We're not paying it back anymore. That doesn't mean you don't owe the money. Mm. That just means not paying it back. And if they hit the debt ceiling and the Republicans don't let them lift the debt ceiling anymore, I'll tell you what happens. The entire country goes into default. And if the entire country goes into default, then they're going to lift. Interest rates will go through the roof. The whole place will be a massive recession, like a like mm. a 2008 style recession all over again, the whole place is going to go nuts. And the Republicans will, if they've been cynical, they will like that because that means they will win the 2024 election in their canter because people mm. blame Joe Biden. So that, I'll tell you right now, that is going to be, over the next four years, the biggest moment. When the debt ceiling is hit, probably around 2023, then what are the Republicans who by that stage will own Congress? What are they going to do? And I think in 10 years' time, when we look back at this period, that will be the pivotal moment to, to, to determine whether America really goes off the rails. Mm. So um, and that's, a little, that's a little way away at the moment. But, um, yeah, things will build towards that. Uh, in many ways, the same way they did, like Obama, his last six years, he basically couldn't get much done either because he didn't have yeah. the House or the Senate. Totally. Totally, um, totally. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how much of a difference that Georgia victory for Democrats made, where they where they won the Senate just yeah. a couple of weeks ago. If I, my prediction until then was that Joe Biden was going to have the worst presidency of anyone mm. in living memory. Like the, the Republican, Republicans were going to barbecue, mm. but he's he's escaped for two years because of that victory. But it's coming back in two years' time, so you better make make good use of it. Basically. Joe Biden has three bills because he's not going to be able to get rid of the filibuster. The filibuster means you need 60 votes to get anything through the Senate. Mm -hmm. He's not going to get rid of the filibuster because there are some conservative Democrats who won't let him get rid of it, which means that he can't pass anything, even though he holds the Senate, unless he can do it with 50 votes. There's one bill every year that allows you to pass things with 50 votes. It's a process called reconciliation. Yep, which yep. when you pass the budget, you can add stuff to it. Now, there's all kinds of conditions. I won't bore you with it. Mm -hmm. But basically, they can do one this year. They can do one next year. And in anticipation of the election at the end of 2022, they can do one for the year after. They can pass a budget ahead of time. So they've got three bills, basically, where they can do anything that they possibly want to achieve in this term. They have to try and cram it into those three bills. And if they can't get stuff done in those three bills, they're screwed. If they can do enough to win people over, then maybe he might have another breath after the 2022 elections. But um, it's going to be interesting. Those three bills are what's going to be all about. Next two years, about those three bills. I'll mm -hmm. tell you that. Mm -hmm. And famously, yeah. Obama basically just did uh, the Affordable Care Act and then he ran yeah. out of time. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, all right. We'll leave it there, Chaz. Thanks so much for your time. It's been great to catch up. Anytime, Dale. And, time, and um, thanks. Uh, yeah, the hardest working man in show business, news business. I'm not sure. Always, always inspiring. Always <laughs> inspiring in terms of his dedication to to work and and lack of lack of dedication to sleep. I have to say. <laughs> when you don't have talent, you're gonna get get done somehow, Dale. Yeah. <laughs> always got to always got to work hard. <laughs> That's right. All right. Thanks, Chaz. Thanks, thanks again. Thanks again. See Cheers. You. 
All right, thanks for listening to this summer repeat. I hope everyone's having a good summer. Just a reminder to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NewsFightersPod. You can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters, or you can uh, join our Patreon for bonus and early release episodes at patreon.com slash newsfighters. Also, sign up for our newsletter at newsfighters.com. Hope you're having a good summer. Keep fighting, and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.